Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week, we are finishing Mobile Suit Gundam Gundam, Double Zeta, episode 47. We're excited. We have with us Scotty P. Yep, I'm here. And Luke? The new type witchcraft was strong in this one. It wasn't as Super Saiyan-y. I thought it was more Super Saiyan-y. I guess the only reason I, th- I think it wasn't, as, in my opinion, it wasn't as Super Saiyan-y. Is like, it, was all, it was more like aura, like wispy, like magic, like That's what Super versus Saiyan like were- him like raging and like like just like it was, pulsing. It was, all, it was all glowing Super Saiyan auras the whole episode, 80% of the episode. Did you have goldfish in the room for the last episode? Maybe that's the difference. <laughs> Did not. We don't need to tell that story. Anyway, <laughs> I went right into things just because the episode does that itself. There you know, recap. Episode 47. It just Warrior starts. once more. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, we, we go in there and explosions are everywhere around Axis and uh, Musa and core three it's there's explosions things are blowing up um and we see pull two uh in the argama uh uh hospital bed whatever i don't know they probably didn't even change the sheets they were like oh, she's a clone she's got the same disease she's like in a coma or something yeah um they, you, you touched on it there was explosions everywhere I, I don't think they they touch on it in a minute in a few minutes but i think it was caused by like the fighting that was going on and then like the Musa just kind of like hurtling through space uncontrollably at this point. Right. And it's just like ramming into asteroids and stuff and just throwing debris everywhere. So stuff's yeah. going crazy. Well, all and, all out in the fight in the previous episode and then the Musa just going wild. When we also had at the very end of the last episode, um, Axis like running right through the middle of core three. So that probably threw even more debris up there. Um, but yeah, Musa all of a sudden, has changed directions, even though we thought it couldn't change directions before. It is headed towards the Argama. Um, they're like, ah, we can use the Musa as a shield, but uh, I, I, I chose to believe that the Musa was so big that everything just orbited around it, and it didn't actually change directions. Smaller than Axis. <laughs> Momentum is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Space magic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the Argama is going to try to use it as a shield, but uh, they, they know they need to attack Haman's troops, but uh, Haman's troops are hiding in the shadow of Musa. Um, Judo believes at this point that Haman is waiting for him and they are going to make their move. It's all up to Judo. Um, and he says, well, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to I'm going to fucking go kill Haman and end this whole thing. Um, and he just leaves the room he, and he says chases he after him. Kill, he says he needs to go kill Haman to end the needless bloodshed. Hey, well, I mean, she needs to shed some blood, right? At this point, gross. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we almost got away with it. <laughs> 
Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Rue, every, everybody seems to be on the same, or so Rue stops Mondo because Mondo's like, I'm going to go fight too. Um, and, and everybody's basically like, you know, this, this really is just Judo and, uh, Haman needing to fight it and fuck it out, you know, like. Nobody seems like normally you you know in previous episodes it's like judo you're being selfish you're like trying to be the main character go go fuck off and this time it's like go go Haman, Haman has made it pretty clear in various occasions that she just kind of wants to like do the thing with judo yeah basically um there yeah. seems to be an understanding that nothing will actually come to an end until these two deal with whatever they need to deal with. Yeah, they need to get that teenage angst out. Exactly. Fight or fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Elle follows uh, Judo and, and she tells Judo, I'm going to take out the Hakushiki. I can totally rock the world in this this Zeta era uh, shiny mobile suit. Um, we say it like it was so long ago. <laughs> dude, it was, it was totally like 50 episodes to go that it was six, six months ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, judo points out. It's the last suit left to protect the Argama. Um, he says, stay here. I'll handle this shit. And, uh, beach grabs her. He's Be- beach is like trying to, we, there's kind of like a little like lovers three way quarrel thing that happens here because, and I was like, no, Judo, I have to go with you, and runs out, and then Beach is like, no, L, you have to stay with me, and then runs What's, after him. It's like two love triangles, right? Like, it's, L initially is, like, going after Judo, because he doesn't want, you know, Haman, you know, the Haman influence, and then Beach shows up, and he's like, no, 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 this is between me, you, and Judo, I got, I got you, I'll take care of you, girl. And you have the El Rue and Judo thing that goes on for most of the series. Yep. Uh, El really doesn't give up on Judo in any sort of way throughout the series until more or less this scene, basically. Yeah. You know, she's starting to get the hint that he's just not that interested in beaches like I am. So it, well, she, she doesn't give up even here. Like, I mean, towards not the quite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like there's even a, a moment towards the out. We'll, we'll talk about that, but it's not uh, true. Yes. Yeah. It's done when the credits roll. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure there's some side stories. Um, so, yeah, Beach just stops L and is basically like, no, nah, you're staying here. She slaps the shit out of uh, Beach and then Beach is like, go on, Judo. I've I've got you. And then, like, he slaps L right back in the face. My That was, like, one of my favorite parts of this episode where she like reaches out for, for, for judo and then turns slaps beach. He slaps her right back. And I'm like, guys, oh, this is what this, this is how we end the series. Just slapping <laughs> shit out of lots and lots of slaps this episode. Um, yeah. And, and beach is like, go on judo. R- you need to represent us. Shangri-La hood rats, like Shangri-La power, man. Um, so, uh, beach tells L that judo is right. Um, and that he and Hamand are fated to fight and they just need to go make sure that Judo has a good place to return to and call home. And Elle finally is like, okay, that's fine, I guess. Um, doesn't work out for him in the end, but, you know, just give Judo a nice place to call home. 
you know what? Props to Beecha for being the level-headed one. Finally, just for once, just he's just like he, he's the one that knows what's going on. He's, he knows what the fuck is up. He he actually has character development. Like Mon- Mondo is Mondo not as annoying. Kind as he of does. does. Yeah. What's that? Mondo, Mondo kind of does. Yeah. Like he's, he goes more, his is more of like an emotional maturity yeah. character development than anything else for Mondo. Yeah. And, and Beecha may have ulterior motives with L here, but like, I mean, he's at least taken a leadership position and like is not trying to steal the Argama anymore let, let go, after he stole it. Let you don't go. It's fine. If he dies, I'm here for you. I got you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Astonage uh, Judo shows up to the Double Zeta. Astonage gives Judo a Diet Coke and tells him that the uh, Double Zeta is fixed. Um, so get this shit uh, straight once and for all. So go go kill Haman. Yeah, and there's a. I questioned, I questioned the Diet Coke way too hard because I'm like, it's got like a regular like rest like like Taco Bell lid on it with a straw. How does he drink it? He's got a full helmet on. Is there a hole in the helmet? How does he? How does he, drip, he stick it all the way in? How does it stay back? I, I, I question this way too much. <laughs> yeah, um, I, we don't know, but I did notice the double Zeta doesn't have all the extra armor and missile pods and stuff, so we're not going full armor this time. We had our one appearance to sell whatever model kit, and now they're like, okay, we're going to go back to not doing that. Oh, oh crap! We have too many of the regular ones left. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or the animators were just like, we don't, can we not? Yeah. Um, I like when Judo gets that drink, he tells Astonage, like, hey, thank you for everything. Astonage goes like full Kazuma Sato here. He's like, nope, you, nope, you cannot say that. You're not supposed to say that right here. We, we didn't get Judo's background uh, talked about in this episode, so we know he's not going to get the Game of Thrones death here. <laughs> has been flashing back to him and Lena. Yeah. We haven't seen like his childhood and his parents leaving and why that was meaningful and stuff like that. So he's fine. (laughs) He's not going to get the hot D. That's different. Um, So yeah, he gets into double Zeta uh, and prepares to launch and uh, everybody gets on his, his comm board and is like, bye judo, go kill Haman. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Uh, And he launches. (laughs) He's just went to battle so many times and no one said anything to him. And, and now everyone's like, oh, you're going alone. Have fun. Good yeah. luck. Don't die. It's like a touching scene. I was like, all right, we're not going to do a montage here. So we're just going to like show everybody. It's the same reason they skipped the, the, the recap at the beginning of the episode. They thought they were going to get more airtime in the final episode and they got told no. So like, okay, we have, we have three seconds to resolve this for everybody. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Shara is Shara soon is trying to prevent Haman from launching by herself. Um, and Haman basically like brushes her off and says, uh, judo is under, under my will. Uh, don't worry. I've got this situation under control. Um, but you can tell that she, she, she makes a comment, uh, kind of under her breath that, um, she is annoyed that this whole situation with judo has escalated to the point that she has to wear a normal suit. Um, yeah, she she like gets into the. She's kind of posturing for Chara and her people to kind of maintain that morale, and then she gets into it, and she's like, I, "To to think a kid would make me have to wear a full suit." This is a callback to Char. 
Yeah. Yep. Because he used to never wear one until Lala. And then she, in that case, it was different because they actually had a relationship and she asked Char to do that. In this case, Amon wants to have a relationship with a younger person and, you know, is doing that even though he didn't ask. And yeah, it's a totally different relationship, but you can see the parallels there. Yeah, for sure. So she launches in the Cubile. Um, they they meet up pretty quickly because we don't have much time in this episode. This is the last they, episode. <laughs> they meet up and the fight starts within like five seconds of her launching. Yeah, it's the fastest a combat has ever started in the show. They're like, let's wrap it up, guys. We got like twenty minutes and forty five seconds. We got- <laughs> ambushes in this show have taken longer to happen than this. <laughs> Yeah, so they are instantly surrounded by a bunch of the back black cubelets, um, which Amon comments are rebel survivors, and we know them to be Glimmy's new type core. What she calls it, the ghost of Glimmy Toto. Yeah. And then we get something that just weirded me out for the rest of this episode. The cubelets, all of the black cubelets, and even Hamans will do it later in the episode. Wag their fucking tails. <laughs> this is like this whole little scene of the Cubalays wagging their tails. They're, they're excited. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're probably like, I don't know, stay level. That's, yeah. Like it can do that. That's one of the reasons it has those large binders. I, for no, the I know it can do it. It's just, oh. they never emphasized it before. Oh, okay. They might have shown it. But I imagine it to be like when when there's something like, I don't know, there's something moving and it's by itself. You can't really tell that it's like wobbling. And then you put a bunch of them in a line and you can tell they're all wobbling. That's 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 all I that's all I thought of it. But uh, the ghost of Glummy happens really fast. And then yep. the next thing happens really fast, which is Chara and the dude. What was the what was the bro's name that was with her? Me. Yeah. Me, yeah, so yeah, they just pop up like instantly as well. It's like super rapid fire at this point. Yeah, yeah. Char shows shows up and is like, "Come on, you you and Judo, you go, you go, go off and go do your thing. I, I'll kill all of these uh, pull clones." Um. So Shara goes all psycho Gundam with her attacks again. I remember, her suit kind of has like the same like knee, elbow, chest face lasers that she could just basically like fly around, like blowing shit up. Um, and she does, does such, um, and she takes a lot of the Kubelays out pretty easily. Um, but like she, she makes a comment about hearing Glummy's new type of whispers. Yeah. Yeah. As, as the battle progresses, she's like getting pressed more and more. So like the last few Kubelays have kind of like caught on to her, you know, strategy, um, we've totally so, skipped that towards the start of the battle. They very quickly destroy knee and get him out of the picture. Uh, it happened so fast. I didn't even process that it happened yeah. until you said that. And I, I remember seeing it. I just didn't even process it because so much was happening so fast. Because that, but that's what makes her like charge oh. up. Well, how does Shara soon power herself up? The vibration. Uh, that was the last episode, Scotty. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, as uh, it's with uh, new type magic and funnels. No. Well, so we have. So we're about to get to what we're talking about. So she she goes 
Super Saiyan, new type magics, funnels out the Waz. Like the play, the poles are Super Saiyaning. She's Super Saiyaning. There's funnels, funnels shooting at funnels and blowing up funnels. And then she decides to get serious. So she rips her helmet off and then whoosh, rips her shirt open to expose her cleavage because that makes her fight. Yeah, I, I mean, believe that's what you were getting at. Yeah, the power level goes up. Is the more cleavage she has, her power level just skyrockets. It's like it's like Goku getting stronger and his clothes like evaporating. You know, yeah. they start yeah. shredding. Thanks, Luke. That was like a couple sentences down for me. I was like, we're not there yet. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So don't ever change, Shara. Don't ever change. Um, yeah. I just I want to note that she this makes her stronger. Which causes her to then, like, as she goes up, she like super saiyan grabs onto, I guess, the last pole clone. I, yeah, it, it, I, it wasn't clear on how many were left at this point. I assumed it was the last one. Um, some, they're not all necessarily destroyed, but they are disabled, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, but she grabs onto it, and then kind of, there might have been more nuance to it, but she kind of kamikazes it, and like fully goes new type wizard super saiyan to the point where she starts to blow up with the pole clone. I had a note about as she kind of starts to explode, they made a point to vaporize her suit before her. And she goes almost that like, you remember sailor moon when her clothes would kind of explode and you'd get that glimpse before she went technicolor. <laughs> Just you get that little hint. And they did exactly that here. It was less magical girl transformation and more, I am on Food Wars and just ate a bite of something. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I, I was thinking it was like reverse Jedi, you know, like uh, when Obi-Wan dies and, and the show <laughs> <laughs> leaves his clothes behind. And <laughs> this one, you know, uh, Paul kills uh, uh, Shara and she leaves, she leaves, she just, her clothes disappear. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be warm for about 30 minutes <laughs> all right um yeah so judo senses shara's death and um you know he's he's upset about this uh justifiably and he's like trying to tell haman he's like oh no haman shara is dead and then haman just like resumes the battle she's like we gotta we gotta get this episode done no 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 time for you to try to convince me to stop being a bad girl um they both kind of dropped down to course it was a core three that they dropped down to um that the mansion yeah 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 there's there's a shell of the core three what's that they're at like the outside shell of the core three it looks kind of like burned out like some of the older new like one-year war colonies yeah it's kind of like hollowed out from all the i guess from all the explosions and you know the giant you know colony about to you know blow it up but yeah, she she lands and she says it's uh she says this is the birthplace. We're back at the birthplace of Zeon where we first met. Yeah, yeah. Right before right before that though, she she we, we see a uh, a little scene where they're saying like, uh, you know, Musa is going to hit the core core three again for real this time. So again, it's kind of done a one eighty and it's turned back around. Um, and the argument is going to be caught in the blast if they don't do something. Um, so Beecha decides he's going to take out uh, a mega rider to handle the situation. Yep. And the other, the other thing to remember here, because yeah, they did collide, but you have to assume that the colony is still large enough that it 
must still be in some kind of orbit. You know, those things do move around. Yeah. So my guess here is that we're supposed to imagine that even despite the earlier deflection, whatever momentum has Musa moving a certain way and the colony is still either moving back around or those courses are going to come back together, maybe in a different way or something like that. I would love to see somebody make a video of like the physics of this entire event. <laughs> like just say like, Oof. all right, here's where everything started. Here's how the battle progressed. Here's where everything goes. I have a feeling if someone that actually knows their shit were to analyze it, they'd find uh, it's not right at all. But their brain, their brain would be yeah. Right. I'm I'm fine to just take the new type magic and apply it to these it's space fair. colonies and large objects and move on. Yep. So Haman, this is where Luke mentioned that Haman says the core three is the birthplace of Zeon and where they first met. It, it seemed like it was specifically the mansion, right? Wasn't that supposed to be like the Zobby's mansion or something like that? So the, that that's what we we brought this up earlier that we had never heard of core three before or after. So it's, it's not zoom city. It's as far as we know, like I, I just take this as a very general, we are in side three. Maybe. Yeah. We're in the side three cluster, which is the birthplace of Zeon. Like that makes sense. Uh, it, it, they had a flashback to specifically when they first met too, because they, they, he, that's where he like dropped in on her. Uh, the very first time, and this, this whole thing got kicked off. Um, and I don't recall that there ever being any discussion about it being anything more than that. So I, I think you're probably right. Yep. And they, and she mentions that this is where we first met, and this is where you're going to die. So, yeah. Um, and then here we just have a whole bunch of random like fighting and battles going on. Um, and then we pop over to Musa hitting the core three. Um, at this point, Haman and Judo's suits are both thrown around inside inside the colony, um, and the Argama is shown to be taking a bunch of damage as well. Um, and the, then the Argama is kind of like struck, like like there's debris going everywhere, yeah. explosions everywhere, and everyone is kind of struggling in it. The Argama like is is like getting kind of battered with this debris and like all the fallout from the impact. This reminds uh, like this scenery reminds me if it were to be done today, more of kind of like the whole thunderbolt sector type thing, where there's just so much shit going around and it's like hard to navigate and like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel about it. Yeah. Well, and then the, cause the bridge even gets hit by some stuff and they're having to like keep the helmet visors down, you know, cause that could get breached. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Haman says that the argument made Musa hit core three and then she flies off. So we don't really have any context to that, but apparently that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. We do see though that Haman's fleet takes some damage as well here, but her ship is fine. Yeah. Um, so judo pursues her and tells her to give up. Uh, Got to get some talking foo in here. Um, and he attacks Haman, but she manages to swing around behind him, uh, and says, I've taken your rear, Judo. She, she, he makes a comment about how she needs to give up because all of her footholds are gone. Uh, 
before she's kind of like, nope, fuck you. We're done. Uh, we're doing this. Uh, and then they have like a very quick, like laser sword battle. Very, very brief. Um, like two seconds of them swinging laser swords at each other. And she grabs his, it's his, like his backpack, which the backpack is the like, Verniers, all the, yeah, the verniers to all the propulsion and stuff like that works in space. So they kind of need that. Yeah. So she grabs them from behind after she, she navigates behind them and then she wags her Cubelet's tail and um, deploys some funnels and um, basically lines the funnels up right in front of them. And Judo's like, uh, if you do this, you're going to kill us both, you know? And she's like, eh, that's fine. <laughs> so she, she launched, she fires the funnels uh, at, at the double Zeta. Um, but Judo manages to, I guess, blast his verniers strong enough where he's able to kind of like dodge the attack he, and destroy the funnels. Well, he, he pops off the top. Yeah, he ejects the core top and the the core fighter off, and he I like launches he managed it up. To move them before he ejected, though. No. I thought the ejection. No, was right after I think that. we know what you're talking about. There's a part where it like looks like she's like there's like a lever getting pulled or something like that on the backpack. And like everything's moving, but that's like part of the transformation. Oh, okay. Splitting apart, and he's like shooting, and then he like launches up, and you can see like the core fighter, uh, like jets in the middle, like the propulsion from that, him shooting up. Okay. Yeah, he, he yeah, shoots off sense. in the core top slash core fighter combo, slashes the funnels to destroy them, and then separates the core fighter from that. Yeah. So yeah, he breaks out in the core fighter and surprise attacks him on, and they both decide to just get out of their suits and fly around in space for a little bit. Um, well, he's he's kind of like wrecked up a little bit at this point, so he ejects. Um, and her response to that is rather than just shooting the floating body with her with her suit, she she gets out of the, her suit and chases after him with a with a laser pistol and just like shooting at him wildly because yeah. that works. Yeah. So judo. Uh, grapples Hamond and she tells him to join no, her. Like, no, 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 no. He, he doesn't grapple her. He goes around a, a rock and she's like coming up and he comes around with a fucking pipe and just like swings a pipe at her face. And, like he, wrecks her with a pipe. Hey, Beecha said show the Shangri-La spirit and so he did by just throwing foreign objects. This is well, the, the best part is he like hits her with the pipe then they do the little grapple thing and then they kind of like spread apart and he throws the fucking pipe at her yeah she's like join me judo and like his response to her at this point is basically bitch i hate you go by yourself he says your existence irritates me you can go <laughs> on your He's own and i want you to not be alive anymore <laughs> um yeah, so she gets back in the cubelet and yeah, but, but, oh. I had a note here that we cannot skip. Um Amanet that did responds to him by saying that she decides her own fate. She said, I'm gonna decide my own fate. And this is another callback to Char. Because if you'll recall at the end of Zeta, when Haman was trying to get Char to give up in basically the same way when they were in whatever derelict ship that they were fighting in the Kubilai and the Hiyakushiki. It's before, uh, just before Shar shoots at the ceiling of it or whatnot that collapses down on him. He says, I'm going to decide my own fate or I don't know if it's the exact same line, but it's really damn close. So that, that's something I thought was, yeah. 
you'll, you'll also remember here that this is the uh, that at the end of Double Zeta they had a movie coming out, so they had to set that they kind of has some throwbacks to get everything kind of linked up. Remember, remember, remember that movie that's about to happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she gets back into the cubile and uh, Judo gets back into the core fighter, but his core fighter won't start. Um, he's it's fucked. He was right to get out of it in the first it's, place. It won't start because it's attached to the core top, which is fucked up. I think the core fighter is fine, but it won't start because it's attached to the broken core top. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not attached to anything right now. Never mind. <laughs> I'm full of shit. <laughs> it's yeah. a good explanation. He, it's just wrong. Yeah, sorry. He, he it's a good wrong explanation. He can't get it to start. Um, so Haman's like, "All right, I got this shit. I'm gonna end this and murder this motherfucker." And then the ghosts of uh, and and please correct me if I'm wrong because some of these were were hard to recognize with like the like the three really frames nice. they were on. I have pull, uh, Lala soon. I don't know if this was supposed to be Rasara or Lala. I it don't looked know. like Lala to me. It it does. Yeah, I had yeah, I, I wrote like a good. I wrote like a whole sentence being uncertain on my yeah. paper, and then I was like, whatever. It's one of those two. Yeah, four. Camille, Cots, and then I, I missed the the. There was like one or two more. Uh, Sarah, Sarah. Okay, I don't know why Cots and Sarah are here, or Lala for that matter. Uh, if it's Rossera, that makes more sense. Cots and Sarah is a weird one, but yeah. So their ghosts all show up, and with their powers combined, they protect him in the core top and suck the double Zeta back together. Basically it like they're, they hit the reboot button, pull up, charge his batteries up really quick. Um, and, uh, the aura locks Haman. So she can't move while the I, double Zeta is reforming. Half, half step back. I'm, I pulled it up and I'm looking at the like superimposed shot of all of them. It's definitely Lala. Okay. Okay. It's 100% Lala. It's hard to tell because it happened so fast, but if you pause on that scene, you can tell she's wearing like the Lala tunic. It's 100% Lala. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that tracks that she just shows up at times. Um, yeah. And this is very much, it's almost on the nose, right? How much this parallels Camille versus Shirako. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's not just women this time. Well, I mean, it's caught. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's Cots, Cots too. Cots is kind of a bitch. Camille is a girl's name. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's fine. But yeah, so yeah, and you basically have like the the energy boost for the core fighter pushing the cubile back. It's like the initial stun, and then you have these ghosts, new type ghosts. Well, not technically all ghosts or auras taking a corporeal form that Haman is able to see because of her new type senses. And it's really when Camille's will is there and she can see that, that she gets shook up. Right. Because that was someone that she never had to fight him directly, but she was afraid of having to fight Camille for good reason. Look what he did to Shiraco, man. <laughs> Super gourd. Um, so she's like shaken up by that. And then with the Kubelay not responding, 
it's like when the O won't respond to Shirako and getting confused. And uh, then, you know, the whole, you know, thing of the, the double Zeta, like reforming, that's the equivalent because, you know, here you can't do a wave rider crash. That would, I'm sorry. Like, you can't do I the guess same you, thing too many times in a I, row. I guess you could fly three planes into it instead <laughs> of one, but it wouldn't really look cool, especially with the core base. It's just a, it's the backpack with stuff on it. So they made the right call here to have it go into mobile suit form and, and give it at least a little something different. Um, and yeah, now he, like, you know, you also have judo understanding everyone's power is now in the suit. It's using that, you know, the, the part of the biosensor and uh, it's either through judo's own ability uh, or maybe Camille's presence or some combination of them that he's not judo is very much in control here. He's not in a rage being overwhelmed by the biosensor like Camille was. Yeah. And um, Haman even makes a comment that uh, people's, people's feelings and their will is becoming power. Um, and that's the, is, is that being a new type or something along those lines? Um, and basically like all of this stuff, all, all of the new types wills and energies are powering the biosensor, which are powering the, the double Zeta and making it like super strong. Um, and judo hears her when she says this, like is, yeah, he's like, yeah, it is the, the will, will and, uh, feelings becoming power. You're right. I'm going to fuck you up. Um, and then she, she's like, well, yeah, but not everybody can be a new type. And the new types are going to kill everybody on Earth. <laughs> well, and when Judo's talking about, yeah, he says that these wills are people who died pointlessly in battle. We know Camille's not dead, but yeah, he was out of commission for a while. He is mentally dead and, for a while. Yeah. Haman's rejection of that is she says that living alone is clearly what life is because that's been her experience her yeah. entire life is trying to get close to different people and they either push her away or they are killed or they go somewhere else or she kills them all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's when she charges at double Zeta, um, which is not really smart because as judo is, doing his thing, monologuing about having more faith in people. Hayden only spawns more hate. Also, I have a high mega cannon in the head of this thing that's very powerful, and I am glowing and crackling with energy that is all going to that. Um, and then he fires it. Yeah. Yeah, he blasts her, hits her dead on, um, and the, it's a you know a constant beam like, launching from his head. Um, and you actually even see... As as the intensity of the blast gets stronger and stronger throughout this this sequence, uh, the I don't know the horns of the double Zeta like crack and break away and yeah, he, well, he's sustaining and, damage. And he's he's keeping it up and keep, he's still channeling all this energy. And Haman's trying to block it with her like new type aura or whatever. Um, so if we want to call some of these other things uh, Super Saiyan moments, this uh, is like the dueling energy oh, yeah, waves. So Fighting back that Kamehameha. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Got to do that. Wouldn't be impressive otherwise. Uh, but eventually he increases the intensity after he starts to like glow pink and it knocks the cubelet outside of the colony through the cylinder walls. Uh, so he just shoots her right on off into outer space. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and but judo it, says that at that point, stop thinking with just your head. I know I just attacked with only my head, but <laughs> but he he seems he like he seems fatigued here for a second too. They don't really expound on this too much, but like he looks gassed for a minute and kind of releases some of his his new type energy. Um, and the the cubile, you you flash in and you see the cubile. It's all cracked up. Its face is damaged and. Uh, but it's still like operational. So she, yeah, she took a lot of damage, but she's not like done for yet. Um, so she starts glowing super Saiyan or however, and uh, goes on for her counterattack. except she doesn't counterattack. She runs away. Um, <laughs> and you know what? That's a valid, that's a valid strategy. Okay. It, it is. It is for her at this point. Um, I mean, she's clearly been out fought. Um, yeah, so she flees and kind of has funnels trailing behind her, like firing at judo, um, while he chases her. Um, and he like stops and destroys two funnels and then, uh, pulls ghosts is like, Hey, look up. She's attacking from above. Um, and he's able to kind of dodge the sneak attack and they both pull out their beam sabers um, and they cross bla- they cross beam saber blades, um, and the judo's uh, suit loses an arm and a leg, while the cubile basically gets cut in half. Um, at this point, Haman is basically like J- judo's like oh, we we fought to a standstill, and she likes and Haman's like yeah I'd like to say that, but I've lost. Um. And then Judo gets upset about this. He's like, why didn't you fight better? You have funnels. You didn't use any of your funnels. Like, you totally could have done a better job at this whole fighting me thing. And she's like, well, I wanted to have a one-on-one fight with you. And Judo's like, well, if you could have been honorable this whole time, maybe this genocide that you started wouldn't have happened. Maybe. Maybe we wouldn't be in like this huge war with all these dead people. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says, you know, you could have even saved the earth. And then Haman is laughing because she knows what she has to say. Yeah. She knows. Uh, yeah, I have a note about it too. Say it. She says that because people have come back from the asteroid belt, it just proves that they are being pulled down by earth's gravity and cannot fly free. <laughs> We have to get it every so often. They had, they, had to, they had to sneak one in on the final episode. Tamino is probably like watching the episode and is like, I really like this dialogue. I think what it's missing is Earth's has anyone, gravity. Has anyone mentioned uh, their souls uh, and the effect gravity has? To be fair, it it, uh, it belongs here. It, it belongs somewhere. <laughs> this, in is, this was the most well-fit one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and when she says that, Judo like gets pissed and is like, "Dude, this whole thing was a giant fucking waste of time. Like, why did you do this? This war was stupid." And Haman's like, "Yep, yep, it was." And then she suicides. Well, so (laughs) sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. I was gonna say. Judo, yeah, he's upset, but he does reach out. He 
he reaches out and tries to get him on to basically like leave the cubile. Yeah. Like, you know, there's no, there's no need to be in there. And she tells him to stand back, takes the controls, um, said she's glad she had come back. She met such a strong child. And then she flies that thing up into the colony walls and blows it up and herself. And we do not see an escape pod fly away. No, we not only that, but we see her like astral project into into the new type ether. We literally see her like become a new type ghost. <laughs> yeah, and you have the bottom half of the cubelet and an arm just like floating aimlessly. Yeah. So um, at this point, Judo has won the battle, um, but he can't disengage the core top as. Uh, and he's caught in all these explosions of the colony and asteroid kind of going crazy. Um, and flash over to pull two getting out of bed. She's alive. Um, everyone senses on the Argama that the battle between Haman and, uh, judo is over at this point. And I think like after they talk for a minute or two, they're like, Oh yeah. It seems like judo is still alive. I think they might might have caught him on like a camera or something along those lines. Um, so Judo's still trying to get out of the situation because um, there's again Cortop's not moving, explosions all around, um, and Beecha. Um, did we ever see what happened with him getting on that Mega Rider? Nope. So so Beecha back from the Mega Rider. He may have never taken it. That's, out. Fair. I, I kind of took it as it was just him proclaiming again, I'm going to go do stuff and yeah. everyone else going, could you not go do stuff right now? Yeah. So uh, Bicho wants to shoot the Musa to push it away from Judo and the Aragama, uh, but he doesn't want to hit Judo. Uh, and then pull, pull st- uh, stumbles into the, the bridge and basically says, I'll help you aim um, back to where uh, pull had pull one had done this uh, with in a similar situation with the Argama uh, before. Um, Which is how, and, and calling back to that is how L convinces Beecha to let that happen. Yeah. And that means Keithron gets to do something. Yeah. So yeah, Beecha, Beecha says he doesn't trust the cyber new type. Um, but, but like I said, L's basically like, no, nah, this is fine. We've, we've had this, we've done this before. And Beach is like, fine. All right. Um, and then they fire, uh, and then she, she specifically, I want to make a note about that because he's like, we can't trust her. She's a cyber new type. Look at her. And then, uh, I think it was L was like, this is pull. It's pull. We trust pull. Yeah. And then after they fire, she, I guess she dies. Like they don't spell it out, but she, nah, she just smiles and passes out. She's not dead. She's not. Oh, Oh, you don't, there's no new type ghost. There's no overture music. She just goes to sleep. Okay. Yeah. She's asleep. Um, and judo manages to start his safe return. Um, he's like flying the, the suit back, uh, or the core top back. He's like hanging out the top in space, like waving everybody, having his own little one man parade. Uh, and he notices the Aug fleet showing up in the distance, and he's like, "God damn it, you motherfuckers! You waited until everything was over to show up. Like, fuck you, adults! 
They were they were around the corner waiting for the, the explosions to stop. <laughs> he he yeah, I mean here there is in his monologue he says goddamn adults. Yeah. So another thing that's to continue with our themes of the show and the character of judo rebelling against anyone over the age of uh, uh, 16. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we see uh, Maneva crying on the floor and she tells us that she is not the real Maneva. She tells, right. Okay, okay. So yeah, everyone has gone to the Sadalon. Yes. And that's when we see this. Yeah. It's so, kind of a pretty abrupt cut. Yeah, it just kind of cuts to everyone. It's just on like the uh, well, I don't know if it's the bridge or the the throne room of the salon. Yeah, so yeah, Bright is standing over uh, Fake Maneva and her and her guard, um, and we learn that she is a body double. And Bright makes a comment that uh, Maneva has likely been missing since the Grips conflict, um, and. Uh, judo tries to to beat up every all One, the age. I find it interesting, not super interesting, and I don't have speculation, and I don't think anything covers this. But how does Bright know that? I don't know. Um, he's old. He has wisdom. May, I uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the last time he sent. Maybe the last time he sent Maneva was when he and Char met. That is kind of what I figure. Yeah, is because because the has other that thing he, intuition that we talked about, right? Exactly, and the other thing that I think lends credence to that is remember when Judo and Rue go and attempt to kidnap her, and she says something about "I'm just a regular kid," and Judo is looking and kind of staring, and he goes, "Oh yeah, you are." <laughs> And I think that was the cue for, oh, wait a minute. And also how easily she went with them, right? I think that was the signal before you're told explicitly here. And it's a miracle. Tomino's explicitly telling us something. Um, But I think that was the moment of, oh, like that's the realization that something's not quite right there. Yeah. And is this... Is it addressed at all in CCA? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. How could you expect that movie to call back to anything aside from Mobile Suit Gundam? I didn't think so. I just didn't know, you know, if there was like a spare comment, like, you know, a spare Tomino comment, like, ah, yes. (laughs) Like the Maneva Zabi and blah, 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 blah was here next um yeah so um uh, after- we can we can ask uh bananas if that's been a subject of any pillow talk at any point <laughs> um so judo gets pissed off at the au leaders specifically the little fat guy we haven't seen for a mad little char. while uh, mad char yeah and he just like starts trying to beat the shit out of him for being so out of touch and He's like, you fuckers on earth don't know what's going on. You need to stay out here. And um, like everybody kind of holds him back. And Bright's like, judo, judo, control yourself. If you need, if you need to take out your anger on anyone, you can hit me. Probably expecting he won't do it. 
<laughs> but well, it's, it's funny you say that because there's a scene of him just going ah and like tears in his eyes and you can see that this look of like resignation where it looks like he just gives up on the urge for like a second and then he yeah. immediately fucking decks him as hard as he can <laughs> yeah, yeah full like, bloom like sucker punch freeze frame <laughs> slow down the the one kid that didn't get bright slapped ends up just socking bright one instead it, it's funny because yeah like like look, look, was, luke was saying it was just like he was crying for a second and he just kind of looked like he got deflated and was like oh, man i'm just frustrated with this whole situation and there's nothing i can do to resolve it and then he's like oh yeah bright said i could hit him and it would i it could take my anger out all right let's do that bam <laughs> Yeah, it was if funny, only something would make this situation better. Oh, this will make me feel better. <laughs> and like it was funny because like all the kids are like, "We're gonna hold judo back." And then I think it was L. It was either L or Rue was like, "No, no, no!" Like, "No, let it happen." <laughs> it's Rue. Yeah, she's like, "Just, just let, just let it go." <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Bright gets just punched in the face. Um, and then our right, next uh, abrupt uh, scene change, uh, Judo is leaving with Rue to go to Jupiter to hi uh, to to be not here anymore. To be not here anymore. That's all I got. Out yeah. of it. <laughs> right now, they uh, they don't tell you this in the show, but the some later reference materials place this scene roughly a month after what we saw five seconds before. Yeah. Um, so we learned that the, the journey will take them four or five years to get out to Jupiter, which apparently means that they can't contact anybody for four or five years. Cause they, they keep saying to everybody involved, it's like, Oh, we won't see them for anywhere from three to five years. I, I thought they could send like video messages and stuff. Like, but I, I guess probably, not. probably I, I think it means like you <laughs> literally won't see them in person. I think for you won't physically years. see them yeah. for three years or ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So L is jealous. She makes that known that she would prefer to go with judo uh, over. We, we touched, we touched on this a little earlier when she wasn't, we said she wasn't ready to give up on judo and you can see it very clearly here when he's like, basically snuggling up to Rue. Uh, and she's like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Elle's like, come on. Beecha is my plan B. I need my plan A in here. Come on. <laughs> um, so we, we see Sela and Lena uh, watching over them from like a higher up uh, uh, deck. Um, and Lena says that she does not want to meet with judo because she doesn't basically want to like, ruin the chances of him leaving because he deserves to leave and have like a good life and yada, yada, yada. Um, so the next thing we see is uh, Lena showing up and waving to judo as he's about to get on the, on the ship. Did it feel kind of like, um, cause she's up on the, she's up on like the walkway with, with Sayla talking about how she doesn't want to change his mind. Um, and then Sailor's like, oh, you know, you probably should, whatever. And then she's kind of like, mm. it kind of seemed like she wasn't going to do it, but then just immediately changes her mind. And yeah. I, it, it didn't really seem like there was a lot of. And I, I almost thought that she was going to go with him. Well, based on the way the scene the, went forward. Th there is a line from Sailor that says after 
Lane is saying, oh, he'll get second thoughts. And Sayla says, you might be underestimating Judo. And yeah. that is the prompt for that gets her to go down there. Now, it's funny here because when uh, she runs towards him and he's thrilled and they embrace, there's this like cheesy music that starts playing. And I was like, I've did they have like insert music just for this? But it's just the beginning part of the normal end song. Apparently the normal ending song doesn't like, they don't start it at the start for the credits of this. They cut part of it out. So we get the actual cheesy music opening. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yep. Now we're going to a uh, little shuttle taking off and it goes to the Jupiter's and getting inside and reporting in everybody waves goodbye. Yep. Yep. The Ru and Judo take off. Everybody watches them leave. Um, Camille and Paul run on a beach together. I, Camille's wearing a tie. He's, like he's he's competent enough that he can make his own tie now. I was gonna say they like fly off, and I wrote, I literally wrote, uh, "Boom, the end." And then it kind of kept going, and then I'm like, "Wait, wait!" And then it's Camille running on a beach, and I'm like, "Wait, why is Camille back?" It's Camille and Fa. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess now it's the end. And then, yeah, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> so we see, like, we see them, like, Judo, or, yeah, Judo and Rue uh, flying towards Jupiter. And they're not, like, in a romantic situation, it looks like. But, like, it's kind of romantic. Like, they're, like, like leaning over a banister together, like, looking out into space. And then the next couple, I guess, we can see is, like, Judo and Fa running on the beach, swinging around with each other, dancing and all that um, fun stuff. So, um, judo is not crazy or sorry. Camille's not crazy anymore. Um, yeah. And, and one more shot of that Jupiter's class ship, judo and Rue Rue looking out into space. And we get a picture of Jupiter with the words thin. Mostly. I, this ending, like, it was anticlimactic for me. Like, <laughs> the last episode, 46, was so good. And then this one, like, started off pretty good. And it was just like, I felt like it did, it, like, it, everything ends up fine in a fine state. It was just the landing didn't feel great to me. It probably needed more space. Yeah. This, needed another half episode of length, if not another full one. Yeah, for sure. The The ending of this show is fantastic, but it spends a little too much time on other things getting there. And yeah. y- you do kind of, the first time I watched through the show and I didn't realize this was going to be the last episode, the way 46 went. Now I didn't think we were close. Like, you know, excuse me. I didn't think I was far from the end, but I wouldn't have been surprised yeah. if it would have gone to 50 episodes like, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it does sort of everything accelerates and hits a climax and we we are this is not the end of Return of the King where you get that ring into Mount Doom and you've still got 45 minutes of runtime. Yeah. Not that. It, it's um in some ways it was just like all right this is over we need to get judo out of situation because he is at this point uh the world probably the most powerful new type has experience with some of the best suits and uh 
I need to get him out of the scene the scene because we can't have him in the next movie. More or less. Yeah, that that explains a lot of the ending when you look at the movie that comes out 14 months, I think, 13 months after this show concludes. It's more of just getting people off the stage. Okay, well, you're not involved. Let's get you somewhere else. And yeah, I, I again, I, I like this. But judo, judo, I think judo shows up in some of the crossbone mangas, right? Like he's like old in them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we do have a little bit more, right? Because of this Evolve episode. Which I forgot to watch. Which you guys <laughs> didn't. <laughs> you know, I updated the planning document with this months ago. I had COVID a week or two ago, man. I got I got that was well after. No, you you don't get it. This COVID brain fog is bad. That's why I'm still working from home. Yeah. You're lucky. I don't know. I had to I had to anyway. No one cares about that on the show. Uh yeah, so I guess we can talk about that some other time. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what what do you think about the show in general? I mean, we've 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 talked about it throughout a little bit here and there. I think I think we all have very similar opinions, but maybe maybe they vary a little bit. What do you guys think about the show in general? I think. It's not what Tomino wanted to make, but it's what he was supposed to make at the time, if that makes any sense. Uh, because I think the first part that some fans don't enjoy, and I get it, I get why. Big tonal shift to introduce different characters, different you know, setting change. They, they killed so many people at the end of Zeta that making a sequel was difficult, but they were told they had to anyway. So I understand that, but I think a lot of that, especially as you get towards the back half of it, where the story escalates and gets back to a very, very similar manner of storytelling that we saw in Zeta. I think that, you know, by the time you get there, you're seeing more of the story that he wanted to tell. Um, but I think it's just one of those things that it's like, it's, it's real world situation of production holds it back because you have the, the sponsored demands at the start that dictate a tone that the creator probably didn't want to go with, at least not that hard. And then you have the further demands of what comes after it that play around with things that happen at the end and maybe they're for better. We don't know, right? Maybe what we would have gotten without Shar's counterattack would have sucked. The outlines sound all sound cool, but you can't really go off of that kind of thing because in real life, those would end up having lots of revision and, and things like that. Sure. So can't read first drafts of story outlines and say, Oh, see, that's what would have happened instead. Well, mm, mm. <laughs> Those are ideas on what could have happened. Um, so I think it's a, considering all of the situational stuff in the real world uh, uh, factors at play with it, 
I think it's phenomenally good. Like thinking about all the things they had to think about and consider and all the different people they had to please. Wow. They really made lemonade out of lemons. Um, I think in the wider context of the Gundam story, it's more important uh, thematically. And I think it's very important in understanding uh, some of the messages of Shar's counterattack, even though the characters aren't really there. Um, I think this is very crucial for understanding the story of Universal Century in general with a lot of the stuff that Judo is showing another way of being a new type from what we've seen before. And I help, I think it helps a lot in solidifying the general idea of that and what that embodies. Like it's all about the possibility that we can understand one another better. And so you're seeing someone that really embraces that. I think that's really super important, but it's again, more of a thematic importance. The plot importance is Haman is out of the picture and that's it. So, um, yeah, that, that's a really quick unprepared rant on it. Nope. I always love letting Scotty go right before me when we talk about this stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of agree. Like um, it was kind of hard because I had never really taken a serious look at, at double Zeta um, in the past. And I, I was very influenced. We talked about this when the show started, I was very influenced by all of the, Oh, double Zeta sucks talk that's out there. Um, and, and, you know, I was pleasantly surprised once I got through a lot of the uh, initial, like, kind of slapstickiness. And there's and there's some of that still throughout, and it's okay. It's okay. Um, I agree with you. There's a big tonal shift. I agree with you that there's a lot of very important things that happen here and a lot of very, like, a lot of big setup and stuff for other things that happen later on. I mean, even looking at, like, stuff like uh like unicorn later on there's still like echoes of what happens here in that uh and it is a super important part of the story so it's it's i enjoyed it for that and like the, over, the like you said the overarching uh impact it has on the universal century while it, it felt a little weird to be focusing on seemingly kind of random characters that were just happened to be there uh for a lot of it um but you know I, I, overall I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed watching it it felt like a show that you if you look back at shows that have all the filler, the filler guides, there's a lot of it here. Um, but I, I liked it other than that. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with with both of you to, to certain extents. So it's like the the opening tone of this show was sometimes cringe inducing, but never like completely intolerable. Um, I think, and it's it's not as bad as the reputation. Sure, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, I think my, my big problem with, with double Zeta in, in the larger theme of universal century is that it almost seems to happen in a vacuum, right? Like there are elements of the plot that matter after double Zeta happens, like in, in, in the future shows, but like, it almost feels like they, they, they swept away all of the main characters from this show so that they could just do focus back on Char and Amaro again. And, um, and that I like, I think that's, that's kind of sad because I think judo is probably one of the better characters. Um, And as much shit as we gave Bicha and Mondo, like 
they did they did go through character development. Whereas like into interesting characters. Yeah. Whereas like when when Cots died, like I didn't really care that Cots died. <laughs> like there there are characters that that are that we are pushed to believe in the show. Like they, they emphasize the deaths of some of these characters and try to make them to be like important that were not like, I didn't care nearly as much as I cared about some of the characters in double Zeta. And and I think that's a testament to like the writing that happened in double Zeta, because I think the writing in the back half of double Zeta was like really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, what this really needed that it didn't have was one or both of Shar and Amaro. I think that's why it's more easily overlooked because if you look at that as and Shar's story in particular as one of the main stories of this early Universal Century, if you will, uh, we'll say early in the like scheme of real world time. Uh, they're not there. And I think that takes away something. And I think one of the big things it takes away is that this cast is really tailor made to reject both of them. Yeah. And, and they kind of do that symbolically uh, through the earth federation, you know, and bright stepping back a little bit, but they work with bright most of the time. So it's, yeah, but in the back, third of the season he's essentially like i'm not yeah. there yeah so it's one of those things where you want to see like how would those guys deal with judo and i think the reason that you don't have amuro is because i think you're gonna have a hard time keeping amuro as a protagonist with judo around to tell him why he's wrong about everything uh, yes yeah, and, yeah. and i i think there's there's a decent argument that judo would just ignore him and like all right grandpa <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He wouldn't get the same, and, you know, Camille wasn't exactly his best friend or anything, but yeah, he wasn't indignant or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Camille was more worried about other things when Amaro was in the same place. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that's something it probably could have used. Um, but maybe the reason we don't see it is, you would need another 20 episodes to make that work. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I just think I, in general, it's, it's unfortunate that, that it is cast in the light it is. And I think it's unfortunate that it doesn't have as many direct connections to future UTC things that, that it does that are than it yeah. does, you know, super, I think maybe not like maybe, maybe super was the wrong word to use there. In fact, it was, but almost dead on direct connections into unicorn. So if unicorn is a show you want to watch and you haven't, and you haven't watched double Zeta, I, I don't know why you'd be listening this far into this show. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you didn't want to watch it. You wanted to listen to this instead as a sub. Don't do that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, why did you do that? <laughs> Uh, there's one person got, out there. Everyone got to this episode before we told them that was a bad idea. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know what happens at the end. That'll be fine. Yeah. No, please watch the whole thing. Uh, yeah, you need to watch this before Unicorn. I did not. I did not. I, I had watched maybe like a handful of its episodes, but I ended up watching Unicorn before Double Zeta. And man, 
in hindsight, I mean, look, I loved Unicorn regardless. I followed it just fine. But some of the things that I didn't pick up on a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think we talked about this back when I first started watching like through, through Gundam, my, my first truck go through, whereas like mobile suit Gundam and Zeta follow into Char's counterattack. Double Zeta follows into unicorn. Yep. Kind of like how Hathaway follows Char's counterattack so far. Yeah. And not Unicorn. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. We got anything else? No. Just Oh, you know, I I forgot to mention when if you're like me and you run out of shows to watch on Crunchyroll or at least that you care to at the given time, and you just go to browse all, the default sorting is by popular. And so the last couple of times I've done that, which have been about a month apart, but the most recently was last weekend, if you start scrolling from the top and you go way too far because you're like, seen it, 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 don't care, don't care, seen it, seen it, watching it, seen it, seen it, seen it, and you just keep going down. The first Gundam show you run into in their list of most popular right now is double Zeta. That makes sense. It's, it's relatively, yep. relatively new. Well, it's like, it, it just recently became available stateside, like yep. in a realistic way. So that's probably, that's probably a it, big part of it. But it's cool to see that, you know, because it is an older show, but it's among much newer stuff. It's the first Gundam show you run into at all. And a platform that has a lot of the newer, more modern ones yeah. as well. So I think, it's just been cool to see like, Hey, that's the first one that you, you get to. And maybe it's, I don't know, a hundredth on the list or something, but it's us. Hey, we were covering this. And so they released it in the U S well, they had just on blu-ray and then they say, well, I guess we could put it on streaming now. Uh, Buddy, I just, I just did it to look and you got real far in that list before. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's either, it was either I had seen it, I did, I don't care to see it, I uh, am currently watching it, or it's like sports anime, or it's Pretty Cure, which no hate to Pretty Cure, I'm just not that interested, you know? So, yeah. It took yeah. me 17 page downs to get to it. It's, it's a lot easier with a PlayStation controller. You can just hold the down button and... I can just hold page down on here, but still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, guys. I really like this show. I'm I, I'm kind of sad we're, we're leaving it like, because... Yeah, the, I liked it a lot more than the, I thought I would. The end of it was, like, really good, and then now, now it's... We're, we're done. But, I mean, we've been covering this for a year. So, like, the... I mean, we, we probably... So... Well, this time last year was when the first episode of our Double Zeta <laughs> coverage released, and we're we're finishing up uh, here. And I think this is going to be like episode twenty four or twenty five. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head, but it's, it's a lot of episodes. I'm just sad because the next little batch of content kind of sucks. Yeah, what are you talking about? After your favorite movie? No, I'm talking about. Leading up to, and then my not favorite movie. 
<laughs> it's okay. We'll get through it. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it somehow. I'm going to take like a page of notes That's instead of the usual, you know, like for the last episode of Double Zeta, I took five pages of notes. Now, to be fair, this is in my new cool Earth 3 Gundam notebook that I ordered on the internet, and the page format's a little bit smaller than normal. Um, but five pages of notes for a 22-minute episode. I'm thinking for this whole movie, one just one front page <laughs> is, is going to be... No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. But I want to. <laughs> hey, I got I got three pages typed for this this episode because if I were to write my notes, I mean my handwriting's terrible. Oh, mine too. Don't worry. There have been times I've been. Sometimes I will hesitate when we're talking during an episode, and it's because I'm looking and I'm and I'm not thinking. I'm looking at my own handwriting, going, "What? What? What does that say?" Every, I put everything in Notepad for exactly that reason. Uh, thank you for everybody that followed along with this season of uh, Double Zeta. Um, we'll probably wrap the the quote unquote season up with with the Char's counterattack stuff. But um, this is a lot. So thanks for following along. Thanks for all your comments. Uh, please follow along with us at New Type Flash Pod. And wherever we post this content, we appreciate your comments and your trolling uh, dislikes of our content. Um, it's fine. I, I get it. <laughs> hey, listen, if you make internet content, one of the only ways to know that anyone's paying attention is haters. So yeah. it's fine. So feel free to hate. Feel free to hate. Yeah, you're, you're going to be wrong. Probably but you can. All right. See you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>